on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champion. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7. 100.1. ESPN Radio, Utah, What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Maybe you're out there with the windows down, top down, cruising around central New York. On the ESPN app. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, uh, we can go with you on the app. It's on your smartphone, right? And if it isn't, it should be. You download the ESPN app. You find the Listen tab. You find ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, and off you go, and we shall go with you, my friends. That's a great way to listen to the show. However you're listening today, perhaps sometime in the future on our podcast, you can find it on iTunes or Google Play. Just tap in ESPN Syracuse, hit subscribe, and you are all set. We'll send you on-demand versions of this program so you can listen when you want to listen. Here's how you get in touch with the show today, 437-7644. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter, where the show never stops. You can also hit the On the Block text line at 288-0644. To uh, fire off all the hot takes that you have That's hot. today on a gorgeous Central New York day. It's 80 degrees and sunny where we are. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are. We have one guest joining us. Well, technically two. I don't know if I want to give him official guest credit because he's just walking down the hallway. But Paulie Sibilia will be in the studio shortly to recap the Levitard-Baldwin feud in full, and Seth Goldberg can offer commentary as well, who is remaining in the studio to watch the end of this Croatia-England World Cup game, which we, I guess, should note. Whoa! Big save right there, baby. Um, can I do that? I'm not supposed to do live play-by-play, but a thing happened, and um, I can't I can't. The Levitard rule was wait 10 seconds. I did not wait 10 no. seconds. No. Okay. I blame you. Uh, Croatia I, won. I said nothing. England won. They're in extra time. I'm going to get in real trouble. I'm going to dig myself a big hole trying to uh, even remotely talk about soccer here. But I, I can see a score, and I know this is extra time. I don't know how much extra time. Two 15-minute periods. Half an hour total. But it's sudden it does, death, right? No, it is not. It's not? No. You play uh, the whole 30 minutes? You do? Yes. Okay. Good to know. And so, then a shootout. PKs. So then, well, PKs. 
We'll let you know if there's PKs. Right now it's one-to-one. Thrilling World Cup soccer update from yours truly. So, yeah, Paulie uh, will be in to recap the Levitard Baldwin feud, which is glorious. My favorite part is how much they talked about Paulie, but we will get to that. Uh, Mike McAllister will join us later in the show. A little Cuse recruiting. Now, as all of us know, and Michael will be sure to remind us, you know, recruiting is fluid. Recruiting is a thermometer. It moves up and down. Reading the temperature of recruiting today could be different tomorrow while we have a nice steady stream of sun, uh, sunshine and warm temperatures here. We know that uh, things can change on a dime weather-wise. The current reading from a noted recruiting analyst out there is that Syracuse is considered the favorite for Joe Girard III off the heels of his recent visit here and the big-time efforts of Jerry McNamara and the entire Syracuse coaching staff to land Joe Girard. Uh, There's a great article on Syracuse.com recently that Mike Waters wrote. Uh, Joe Girard was actually in Syracuse at Bishop Ludden High School, we should add, as part of his um, AAU circuit, very busy summer circuit, and he had a chance to talk to him and kind of recap the visit. So things are looking good there. Jeff Borzillo of ESPN notes that Syracuse is the favorite. We'll talk to Mike about that and all the latest on the recruiting front that you need to know. Hot takes as usual. Uh, it's been very quiet on the LaShawn McCoy front today after uh, news just kept pouring out yesterday. There is something to add to that discussion, which we'll do later in the program as well. And the best Syracuse football preview is out. It's the one I look forward to every year with uh, all due respect to our friend Phil Steele, who does an amazing job in his college football preview magazine. The best Syracuse football preview by far came out today. We'll give you the top five nuggets from that later in the show. But let's have a little fun to start the show today if you are uh, not up to speed on this. So how did this start, Goldberg? So Dan Lever, if you listen to the Dan Levitard show here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, which I will say this, you you kind it's it's not everybody's flavor of ice cream, as they like to say on the Dan Levitard show. You don't get the show, right? Like you have to get the show, but once you get the show, it's great. It's different. I like that it's different. They will fully admit to you, like, they don't take themselves seriously. It's just they're having a great time, and it's funny, and the way that Levitard interviews guests, and it's just, I really enjoy the Dan Levitard show. I had to get used to it myself, and once I did, I I really, really enjoy it. So, how did the Baldwin thing start? I would imagine it was because the Bieber thing, right? It is, yes. Uh, That was a part of one of their Sports Center updates that led to asking which... Which Baldwin, she was the the daughter of, okay, uh, and and that kind of a thing. Which is Stephen, by the way. Yes, yes. We're talking I, about. I found that out as well. This is Haley Baldwin. Yes, right? got so, engaged to Justin Bieber. There you go. The Biebs. Yeah. So the bit on the the Levitard show though typically is the third story is random in their sports centers, and then you don't react to it, right? Like you just leave it alone and let people get confused by it. Uh, but they started talking about it, and they asked all these kinds of questions, and it led to uh. Which one's this one? Which one's that one? Which one's the fat one? And there you go. <laughs> so that led to uh, Daniel on his show getting wind of that, thanks to Paulie and Josh, of course. So Daniel talked about the Levitard show on his program. And then, of course, Alec Baldwin was on. Alec becoming a regular on the Daniel Baldwin show, weekdays 10 to 11 right here. 
on ESPN Radio Syracuse. So then I've got some clips here that we'll play here momentarily. So the Dan Levitard show, of course, gets wind of this, and they spent a huge part of their show today just talking about the Baldwins, talking about Daniel playing clips back from the Daniel Baldwin show right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Paulie got mentioned on national radio. I mean, this has just, I have been just Paulie's sitting voice back was on it. enjoying this. This this is, by the way, and I will say this to him when he comes in here momentarily, like, Paulie should just, we were just in the office with, with Mr. Krabs, the great one, Ed Levine, before the show. Like, I should have brought it up then, like, you might want to retire right now. Not Ed. Ed can stay here as long as he wants. He's He owns the place. We're talking about Paulie. Because it's not going to get better than this for Paulie Sibilia. This was on the Dan Levitard show earlier today. So Daniel Baldwin does a show <laughs> in Syracuse. He has to be in Syracuse. He puts the raw in Syracuse. Right. All right. And um, it's an hour long, Billy, the show? Yeah. It's an hour long. And um, he had uh, Alec Baldwin on the show today. Um, Alec made him wait. A little bit. And uh, this has become a big family drama. Yeah. And uh, like I said, we do kind of have like a sneaky ally embedded in this show. Paulie, the producer, yeah. I believe. He's 52. Yeah, uh, he's what? He's, I think he's 52. He's, 50. he's 52, but he sort of gets our show and no. knows that all of this is a joke and we're just fooling around no. and we don't actually want to feud with that Hollywood or anybody who takes himself seriously. Hang on. In my uh, in my menchies, he said his actual age. This is important. Paulie is... Yes. Forty-six. Oh, 46. Okay, so and f- so a 46-year-old dude who's been listening to us for a long time is embedded. Well, in- we're just assuming he's been listening to us. Maybe he's just playing devil's advocate, yeah. but he's bringing this up to uh, Alec. It's very hard. Alec and and Daniel are both in this clip. It's hard to discern who is who. Isn't it part of the deal that when you're famous, that maybe comedy radio shows are going to make you guys the punchline? This is like Inception. No, you know, like, isn't that part of so the deal? So we're, we're listening to the Dan Levitard show playing back clips from the Daniel Baldwin show on ESPN Radio on the block with Brent Dax right now. I'm not quite sure that guy's show is qualifies as a comedy radio show. <laughs> I said the same thing. Yeah, yeah they tried. Yeah, oh, I mean, how about they tried? Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, comedy is, you know, 90% of what's called comedy is more cute than funny or more asinine than funny. You know, or, or, or more asinine than clever. I mean, I mean you know, what they do is they feed on people's need to tear people down. That, that's a very <laughs> simple. Um, hold on a second, hold on a <laughs> So then, uh, apparently, like Alec had to go answer the door or something at that point. So, again, my biggest amusement out of all of this is that Paulie Sibilia got national radio play today. Like Daniel Baldwin's going to get mentioned in national radio, uh, national press. You know, he is, he's a celebrity. He is a Baldwin brother. He's going to get me- mentioned on a national level. The fact that Paulie got into this is my favorite part. A little bit more from the Dan Levitard show, Baldwin Feud. His producer, Daniel Baldwin's producer, seems to be on our side a little bit in sort of explaining this, uh, because this is about family right now. You've crossed uh, a brotherhood right now. This is a really strong bond. I mean, you opened his eyes to something about his brother, Billy, that he had no idea. I think they're pretty complimentary of your brother going forward. Well, they go back and forth. They're yin yin yang Come on, they're saying that he's... Billy was the one that always like uh, looked like he was waking up. Like, what? So like Billy's the, Billy's the beautiful yeah. Baldwin. Billy yeah. What? Yeah. Billy was in a movie with Judge uh, with Fair Game. 
Cindy Crawford? Fair game. Was that here in Miami? You know exactly what you're talking so about. Okay, that is the guy I'm talking about. That, <laughs> that is was clutch. The, that is the it. handsome one. That is the handsome bald one, is yeah, it not? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. The one who could barely open his eyes. That's right. Looks sedated <laughs> all the time. This Billy Baldwin always looks sedated. Put it on the poll, Guillermo. <laughs> This Billy always looks sedated. Billy always looks sedated. I've, I've never heard anyone say that. I've never. It's just 30 years of acting, and I've never heard anyone mention that Billy always looks sedated. I went to the poll after they do polls on Twitter, and it yeah. was 85% of um, the people listening to the show agreed with it. That, that Billy, Billy always looks sedated. sedated. Wow, maybe I'm just so, so out of the loop that I don't realize how sedated Billy is. Wow, we've got a rebel in there infiltrate. We, there, the producer there, that's a young guy who actually knows our show. <laughs> a young guy. We've got to protect that rebel. It, don't don't reveal that to anyone. Like First of all, did. fake news. Uh, once again, that credit is the Daniel is the Dan Levitard show playing back audio of the Daniel Baldwin show on ESPN Radio. And now back live here on ESPN Radio Syracuse on the block. Polly Sibilia uh, joins me now in studio. First of all, young man, fake news. Yeah, 46. You, you revealed... 46-year-old mole, Pauly Sibilia, as part of the show. Where do your loyalties lie, is what I want to know. Baldwin, without a question. Okay. But I get the Daniel, or the, the Levitard yes. show. Yes, you're like the voice of reason in this whole thing. Like, Alec and Daniel are, are waging war. You're like, listen to these dopes on ESPN Radio. This is do their show. They love you on the Dan Levitard show. And see, I thought, and Seth's in here too, I thought you guys sent them those clips. No, they were just no, listening. they were and, listening. And, and, and I don't know how they ours. got... I don't know how they got the first ones, though. They must have gone back to podcasts and listened. Yeah, I think they found the podcast from yesterday. Which is fine. But you can take yeah. as much as you want, for, from as far as I'm yeah. concerned. I'm, I'm speaking for you at this point. I'm Mr. Operations Manager over here. But So, like, how long is this going to go? Because I just love the fact that they're talking um, about you. I just want it to be over. Is that what wrong are you for talking me? about? You want this to be over. It's all, stressful. It's summer in sports talk radio, so the longer we can stretch this, the better. B. This is going all week. This is the only show on ESPN Radio that will ever talk about your show, okay? Golik and Wingo, never going to happen. Stephen A. Smith, never going to happen. Can you start a feud with other people now? <laughs> can will can you try and never going to happen. I'm certainly never talking about your show unless it's something like this. So you guys have to stretch this as long as you can go. I'm good. It's but been stressful. Like, like I'm getting emails from people I don't know wah. telling me to do stuff. Oh, or... wah, a national radio show is talking about you guys. I feel so bad for you. By but, the way, it, but it's people fighting now on Twitter and stuff. Well, that's and what it's... Twitter's for. What, what good is Twitter if you're not fighting with people? If people aren't mentioning Daniel Baldwin. I used Baldwin. to be that guy. I used to be the arguer. I, in the past couple of weeks, I've tempered myself. Paulie has reformed himself on social media. I won't fight anymore. You and, and this... I used to fight on social media. And we kind of <laughs> looked at each other bucket. one day in the office and said, what are we doing? Like, we're, <laughs> like we're, first of all, like we're sitting across from each other. Second of all, like this is just not going anywhere. But here's what I want to know. Greatest moment for you, okay? Almost being Dan Patrick's producer or being mentioned several times on ESPN Radio in the last two years. What's better? Almost being Dan Patrick's producer is way better because they wanted me and I turned it down like an idiot. Yes, you did. So and, and this is just I'm talking. But they but it's it's a matter of being able to I I'm not famous, so I don't get I thought being called fat and dopey and stuff just came along with being famous. Like, I thought by the time 
you've been in the business. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he's I been acting it, for 30 years. Yeah, but, so I guess right. it, but I guess it, it never gets, you never get past it. Like, it still see, bothers like, you when someone calls you names. See, with Levitard, like, they're making a bit out of it, and they, and like, we, the listeners, know they're doing it. Like, yeah. people that are listening to your show, like, are you guys making a bit out of it on purpose, or are you saying like, no, it's time to pull the parachute and abandon ship on this? Thing? I don't know. I, I I don't know where it's going. I'm going to talk to Daniel about it tomorrow. There are like, several layers. It's like because you, I don't know the Baldwin family personally, but from what I know on TV and TMZ and stuff, they 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 don't take things lightly, you know. So they might be a little they do upset. Not. They do so, not now. Probably better question. And blood for runs. Blood runs thicker than water. So, if you say so, I don't have any brothers that are famous actors. Yeah, so neither I'll, do I'll have I. To take your I've got six brothers, and I, if <laughs> someone called them fat and dopey, I wouldn't care. <laughs> we're, we're gonna be loyal to the family, there, Paul. That's great. A probably better question for Daniel. You can pass it on to him on his show. Okay. Bigger moment for the Baldwin family this week that one of the family got engaged to the Beebs. Or that the Dan Levitard show—that's what started all has of this. Spent the amount of time on your show than they have because, like, again, to me, as they should be used to national people talking about them, the fact that a member of the Baldwin family got engaged to the Beebs like barely registered to me. I'm like, oh, okay, another week in the Baldwin family, but. ESPN Radio talking about our Daniel Baldwin show as much as they have, like. I'm going to go that that's a bigger deal because Haley Baldwin and the Beebs, like, that was expected. Like, I saw, we saw that coming. And I realize, like, how big of a deal that is with all the press that it gets. But I'm going to go that this is a bigger deal. And I said this. How unexpected. And I said this to Daniel and on the air, and I'm not talking out of school, that Levitard in the sports radio world is very big. And yeah. everybody knows who the Baldwins are. You know, yeah, across America, but nobody knows Daniel Baldwin does a sports radio show in Syracuse, and this a lot is more like people do now. Yep, yeah, and it's like, uh, it's like when they go around and do the press tours for movies. This is like we got a good one, so let's uh, let's put on a good show tomorrow. So I guess in a with way, all the new people listening, you have Justin Bieber to thank for this because yes. Bieber proposed to Haley. That and became news, which led to Levitar talking about it, which led, led us to, to where which we are. one is. This is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm I, not going there. I can't wait to see how far this goes because I don't know Daniel well personally just from getting to know him over the last mm-hmm. few months, but he's not letting this go now. I mean, it's going to come up again tomorrow and it's going to go back and forth until Levitard shuts it down. And I don't like who's going to blink first. That's what I want to know because they're, get, they're getting great. Paulie called Levitard a cheesecake face today. <sighs> Baldwin called Levitard no, a Paulie cheesecake did. face? You called? How dare you? Alec well, Baldwin, everybody did. Alec How Baldwin initiated it, and I just said Cheesecake Face is up next. By the way, I brought this up the other day. I was watching the latest comedians and cars getting coffee. It was Jerry Seinfeld and Alec Baldwin, and all I could think about the whole time was how much Alec Baldwin loves you. I'm just watching this, and I'm, I'm just waiting for the Paulie the Mole reference. And just Jerry Seinfeld would not understand that. But the whole time, I'm like, and not only that, last night I'm flipping around at what comes on, one of my favorite movies, The Hunt for Red October, and I just see Alec Baldwin. And I, every time I see Alec Baldwin, I think of Paulie now because I know how much he loves well, Paulie. Well, we we, when we went to see Solo, the Mission Impossible. Yes. 
trailer, trailer came, came on, on and yeah. I go, hey, there's my buddy. There's your pal. There's my pal. But he said, and this is the biggest takeaway out of this, because we've talked about how this gets traction nationally for the show. Yes. He said that he has to go on Fallon to talk about Mission Impossible, and he's going to bring up Daniel's radio show on Fallon. He goes, you think that blew up? Watch, I'll blow you up on Fallon. Will that lead to you getting a mention on Jimmy Fallon? I don't know. Will you get Jimmy Fallon on the show? Can he say yeah, the Daniel Baldwin show with Paulie the Mole? Like, I, can, I don't know. We'll see what we can do. Alex, your boy, you're as, are we'll you, are you as publicist now? As long as the show gets mentioned, I'm a team player There you here. go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. One more clip before we take a break here. on um, Dan Levitar talking about the Daniel Baldwin show here on ESPN Radio Series. We learned that Daniel Baldwin does a radio show in Syracuse, in ESPN Syracuse. Great show. It's a great show. Yeah. It's a fantastic show. Awesome. ESPN 97. Impeccably seven. produced. Great yeah. show. And uh, he does this sports <laughs> talk show, and he led the show yesterday <laughs> with the drama. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the Hello. And welcome to the big show. Um... We're waiting for Josh to come back in the studio. Uh, we were on, uh, this show was on from <laughs> 3 to 4 in the afternoon here in Syracuse and downloaded worldwide, of course. Um, and it turns out that uh, because of doing the morning show, we asked the great one, Ed Levine, if we could move this show from 10 to 11 to accommodate Josh and my schedule. Uh, and we did so, which put us um, on against the Dan Lebetard show. Yesterday is this yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday, the Levitard show um, um, was talking trash talking. I mean, it, it would be considered trash talking, no? No, that's I think not trash talking. Baby no, Voice of Reason. Who's the fat one? Is not trash talking. <laughs> oh, see, I told you that's where it started. <laughs> so that is the yeah. Dan Levitard show playing back audio oh, and reacting to the Daniel Baldwin show. Now here's one more. This is Levitard today saying this is the best clip. He would now. That's at the end of this clip. Right? Yeah, but this is the best clip. All right, so let's let's listen. This is the Daniel Baldwin show. <laughs> ah. I mean, of course, that's the hello, music. Hello. <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. Man. All right. See, I, I'm fine feuding with him this way. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> A cage less so. Hello, hello, hello. Alec just said the dog barks, the parade moves on. I'm so excited. <laughs> no All right. I want to listen to that show. That sounds like a better show than the one we're doing around here. <laughs> All right. You know what? I don't even want to do the rest of this segment. I just want to walk in there right now and listen to that show instead of this one. <laughs> Daniel Baldwin show, Syracuse. What's the what are the call letters? 97.7. Roared. <laughs> we achieved greatness by accident in majority of the time. There you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We, we were how, just in the office the with, with Ed Levine. Like, did you demand a raise for all no, this pub how, that you're getting? You should. How crazy is it, though, that Alec Baldwin calls into the show? So, like, I, I know it's his brother, but it's so... It's insane. <laughs> Not that he calls his brother, that yeah. you're boys with Alec Baldwin. Like, I can't get like over he that. He likes coming on. It's I fun. I can't get over that. Like, it's I, fun. I, he it's, sat here for two hours. Alec and Pauly, 2020. That's what I have to say. All right. Thank you very much. Keep the, Stretch this as long as you can go. Don't shut this down. Right. I'm 
Don't <laughs> shut this down. This is this is good stuff here. I do have to talk to my agent. I'm way too big for this show now. I'm Can't saying, be booking man. me on the Brennan show. You've blown up in just 12 hours here. You have blown up. I would talk to Mr. Krabs immediately about uh, a substantial raise. You are entering year 20 as the uh, plug things in guy for the IMG Sports Network. Back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. You heard the man. It is presented by Burdick Toyota. It's great to have you. Getting over that hump together, baby. Happy Wednesday, everybody. All right. I uh, I did a lot of deep breathing. I did a lot of um, calming techniques. Old anger management classes uh, coming back uh, to help here because... Uh, I'm going to hit the button. We're going to do hot takes. And included in hot takes today is a Jeff Fisher take. And as you know, I get irrationally angry when we talk about Jeff Fisher. So we'll see if I can keep myself under control. Hit me with that fancy open. Let's do it. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the block. What do you say we do the Jeff Fisher thing first? I've got other takes to get to. Magic Johnson, you know, apparently making the sequel to Say Anything in a LeBron James driveway. We have Adam Pacman Jones news. We've got other things, but including the latest on LaShawn McCoy. But let it, let us start with Jeff Fisher. Let me get it out of my system, and, and we, we shall move on. From Michael McCarthy of the Sporting News. By the way, Croatia beat England 2-1. to one. So it's Croatia against France for the World Cup final. And all of England will seek into an even deeper, darker depression than they're in now. Okay, so uh, from Michael McCarthy, Sporting News. There has been speculation about whether former Rams-Titans coach Jeff Fisher will return to NFL coaching. Can, can you guys pardon me for a second? <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Fisher returning to coaching. The guy is drunk. <laughs> Dumb. Okay. Let's, let's move on. But sources tell Sporting News that Fisher's immediate future lies not on the sideline, but in the broadcast booth. Fox Sports is talking to Fisher about serving as one of its NFL game analysts this season. According to sources, (sighs) boiling kettle getting hotter, Fisher has said he wants another NFL coaching job. Oh, do you, Jeff? You know what I want? I want a million dollars. Just put a million dollars right here in my lap, because that's what I want. You want another head coaching job. Oh, you do? You do? You know what I want? John, I want a Corvette. Does somebody give me a Corvette? Can I have one, please? People want a lot of things, Jeff Fisher. Anyway. But Fox has the money to pay for a big name as it devotes major resources to Thursday night football and its Sunday afternoon game of the week. The most watched program of all television. Fox will pay the NFL about $550 million per year uh, through 2022 to broadcast Thursday Night Football. All right, so Fox is talking to 
Jeff Fisher, about being an analyst. Which I will I will tell you I can't wait. I, I cannot wait for Jeff Fisher to get on my television to tell me about the greatest heist ever pulled in NFL history. Do you know what that is? That's that Jeff Fisher remained a head coach in football as long as he did. Because who wouldn't want a guy that from 2009 on went 8 and 8, 6 and 10, 7 and 8, 7 and 9, 6 and 10, 7 and 9, 4 and 9, and finally fired? That, my friends, is not stability. That is not consistency. That is robbery. That is a man showing you how to hold the National Football League at gunpoint and steal money from them for the better part of a decade. That is a run of mediocrity and remaining in that job, unlike we have seen in the history of football. So, yes, I want Jeff Fisher on my television to tell us how he managed to stay in the league. With that run, I want to hear more stories about how great of a coach Jeff Fisher was in 1999. Because did you know that Jeff Fisher coached in a Super Bowl? Jeff Fisher coached and lost in a Super Bowl, lost to the Rams, but somehow gets so much credit for losing a Super Bowl. He lost in that Super Bowl and then lost to the Ravens in the AFC Divisional game the next year, lost to the Raiders in the AFC title game, lost to New England in an AFC Divisional game, lost to San Diego in a wildcard game, then lost to Baltimore in a divisional game. So yes, Jeff Fisher coached in a Super Bowl, then never got past the divisional round after losing to the AFC Championship game to the Oakland Raiders in 2002. 2002, you know what 2002 was? Was the internet around in 2002? It was. It was around. Okay, but that was a long time ago. 2002. Who has made a career about things that happened in the year 2000 more than Jeff Fisher? Did you know that Jeff Fisher coached in a Super Bowl? Yes, he lost that Super Bowl. You throw that detail in there. You know, Jeff Fisher hasn't had a winning Record as a head coach since 2008. Tell me more, Jeff, about your winning ways and about the fact that you have 165 losses as a head coach. The most ever. No coach has lost more games than you other than Dan Reeves because he's tied with you. Yet, Jeff Fisher is seen as some sort of master guru of football. A man who can teach us all, yes, Jeff, please get on television and tell me how it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that your role on the competition committee and all the other crony organizations where it's just your buddies giving you jobs in football keeps you in football. Please inform me of your genius of this. I I can't wait. Can't. Wait! That's hot. For Fox to hire Jeff Fisher. Let's go. Because when you have a man who, in order, finished third in the AFC South, fourth in the AFC South, third in the NFC West, fourth in the NFC West, fourth in the NFC West, third in the NFC West, then fired over the course of a decade, by golly, you do it. Forget Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan? Forget John Gruden, who, yes, I know, is now back in coaching. Give me 
Jeff Fisher, the model of mediocrity. Because that's the guy I want in the booth over Jay Cutler. I'd rather have Jake, at least Jake Cutler's entertaining and might light up a cigarette in the booth. Jeff Fisher, what's Jeff Fisher going to give me? Huh? And that's today's version of me getting irrationally angry about Jeff Fisher news. So uh, details continue to come out on this LaShawn McCoy story. It's been awful quiet today. Yesterday, every five minutes, something new was happening, and Instagram posts are going up, and Instagram posts are getting deleted, and we're finding out details of police reports and who's in whose house beating somebody up at 3 in the morning, and it was just TMZ drama at its best. But the latest today is that LaShawn McCoy has hired a prominent Atlanta defense attorney. The same attorney, by the way, that represented Ray Lewis, speaking of things that happened in the year 2000. Remember Ray Lewis? Limo charged with murder. Charges later dropped. LaShawn McCoy has hired that attorney. Don Samuel is the defense attorney who LaShawn McCoy hired. And, you know, if you didn't hear the LaShawn McCoy story, just a quick recap. So a woman posted an Instagram photo yesterday. Not the woman who was beat up in this case, but a friend of the woman. And the photo was horrific. Some news outlets chose not even to run the photo. It was that bad. So a woman who was, she was pistol whipped in a home at 3.18 a.m. yesterday. So the photo gets put up, and LaShawn McCoy in this Instagram post is charged with domestic violence, child abuse, animal abuse, and taking performance-enhancing drugs. Like, she went for it. The Instagram post with that photo and those accusations was later taken down, but the same woman who made that post then put up an Instagram story, if you're familiar with Instagram stories, saying that basically a lawyer told her to put it down, but she stands by her story. LaShawn McCoy vehemently denied any involvement in this. It said he hasn't talked to these people in months, but there was a relationship between LaShawn McCoy and this woman who was battered pretty bad yesterday. And then there were details about LaShawn McCoy suing the woman who got battered to get out of this house that he owned in Atlanta and changing security systems at this house and a back and forth between the two. And it's just a lot of dirty laundry and a lot of drama spilling out. So it's been awful quiet on that front today other than McCoy hired a lawyer. Here's what I want to know. Buffalo Bills training camp starts July 25th. It is currently July 11th. Is LaShawn McCoy going to be there on day one? If you're the Buffalo Bills, do you want LaShawn McCoy there until this is resolved? And in a way, this is going to stick to him no matter what. If all the charges could be dropped, this lawyer could get him off. This could all be a huge misunderstanding. But because of the connections, because he did know this woman, because there is a little bit of smoke where this fire comes from, just from my, you know, rudimentary Internet, you know, detective work. If you're the Buffalo Bills, you have a circus on your hands. You know it's a circus when you're going to get the non-sports media requesting. I'd like to actually, I know people in the Buffalo Bills media department who are enjoying some, what they thought would be well-deserved time off now, but have to deal with this now. I I have not reached out yet, but I want to say TMZ requesting credentials yet? Access Hollywood requesting credentials yet? A whole lot of news outlets that would have no interest in showing up to an NFL training camp? Are they requesting to have satellite trucks there yet? Because that's what this could turn into. The Bills, and by the way, if LaShawn McCoy is involved in this at all, 
then of course the, he should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But the Bills have a situation on their hands now. He's their best player. He's their marquee face. He's the guy. Josh Allen eventually will become that. The quarterback competition will be one of the bigger stories of training camp, along with many other football things. But this has now gone beyond football. This has gone TMZ. This has gone Access Hollywood. This has gone to a level that the Bills did not want. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been given a lot of credit for how they've handled a lot of things in the last year. or They're in their second year, but since taking over just over a year ago. Trades they made, culture in the locker room, but you've got this, you got Zay Jones, you got Richie Incognito, remember that? The NSA is tracking him. The Eric Woods situation, which was just a, a mishandle of a retirement. That's child's play compared to this. And the Russ Brandon thing. Well, if you read the, those Russ Brandon stories, there was you know accusations of inappropriate relationships, inappropriate things said. Not to mention, this is a interesting case study of the first female owner, the NFL, or, I take that back. Kim Pagula is not the first female owner in NFL history, in Buffalo Bills history, and one of the few female owners in the National Football League or professional sports in that matter. Now handling what could be a domestic violence situation. Could be. Let me stress that. If there is, in fact, a link between McCoy and this woman, even if he didn't do what this woman is accusing him of doing if he was involved in it, if he ordered it, if he sent somebody over there to, to do this, however, whatever the case may be. Bill's training camp starts in two weeks. Will the circus dissipate, leave town, and people will move on to the next thing, or will this only grow? Because there are rare stories that cut through the noise today and last and are there in the news cycle day after day. This has the potential to be one of those stories. And how Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and Kim Pagula handle this is going to be, at the very least, fascinating to watch. That's hot. And one final light note here in Hot Takes. As details continue to come out about this. So Magic Johnson, apparently, when he was right there, First minute of free agency, which NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has said that, yeah, the whole free agency starting at midnight thing, we should probably do that better. So free agency is going to start earlier next year, which is uh, good for grandpa's bedtime. First minute Magic Johnson could be there was 9.01 July 1st Pacific time, 12.01 Eastern time. He said that he waited in his car outside LeBron James' house for an hour until he could go in. Magic said LeBron knew the roster and, quote, broke it down right in front of me. He knew every single guy, the strengths, the weaknesses of the team. Rob Palenka, Lakers general manager, said he got a text message from LeBron James agent Rich Paul about 4.30 p.m. the next day saying congratulations with some balloons, some, some emojis. Let's let's go back here. Magic Johnson sat in his car for an hour in LeBron's driveway. Like, he's Magic Johnson. LeBron respects and loves Magic Johnson. But how creepy is that? Like, if I'm LeBron, I'm looking out the window. I'm like, why is Magic here that early? Like, you know, I don't even have the deli tray out yet. I didn't know he was going to be here. 
the only thing missing from this scene, and this is a dated reference that there is no way Seth Goldberg will get this, but some of you won't get it either. The only thing missing was Magic Johnson holding a boombox. I get that. I've I'll, never seen the movie, but I get, get it. get that reference. I haven't seen the movie, but yeah! I get the reference. Very good. I should have the song queued up here. That's the only thing missing. Magic standing out there with his boombox. How do you know he didn't? With in your eyes blasting. How do you know he didn't? Just waiting. I, if he did, it would be glorious. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're in the car for an hour just to make sure. Like every like we knew LeBron was going to the Lakers. We knew you'd be there the first minute, but now that's what you call efficient. We'll take a break on that. No, we're going to talk some Syracuse football coming up. The best Syracuse football preview is out. It's so good that we're going to give you the top five things from it. Mike McAllister will talk some recruiting with us, including, is Joe Girard the third? Syracuse, the favorite there? Has one national recruiting uh, guru noted today? We'll get into that. More on the Lebitard-Baldwin feud, perhaps. All coming up after uh, Seth gives you an update here in just a minute. Stay tuned. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Sure is, voice man. It is presented by Burdick BMW. If you are just hopping on board on this gorgeous Central New York Wednesday, hello. Great to have you here. We have free golf to give away. And you know what? I'm going to do it right now. I'm just. I'm going to do it right now. Who wants a free round of golf? I mean, what a dumb question that is, but we should tell you where it is. Free round of golf, bucket of balls, Hickory Hill Golf Course. Caller 5 right now. Boom, it's yours. You can check them out, by the way, at hickoryhillgolfcourse.com. Caller 5 right now, 437-7644. Free round of golf, bucket of balls to get ready or go back to Hickory Hill even better. Right now, Caller 5, you're a winner. Congratulations. Boom shakalaka. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, as much as I'd love to continue on the Lebitard show, Daniel Baldwin show feud, which has been going back and forth on a national level with Dan Lebitard and here on a local level at ESPN Radio Syracuse. We learned that Daniel Baldwin does a radio show in Syracuse, in ESPN Syracuse. Great show. That's right. Great show. Yeah. It's a fantastic show. You know ESPN it. ESPN 97.7. Impeccably produced. Great show. Yeah. Impeccably produced. Let's not get crazy now. I mean, that's... Come on. The fact that they were talking about Pauly Sibilia on ESPN Radio just amuses me to no end. As much as we can get more into that, I will spare you, and you can listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show and the Dan Lebitard Show right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse and their continued Hatfield versus McCoy's sports radio feud. I've got some Syracuse football to get to. Mike McAllister is going to join me in about 10 minutes, and we'll get a recruiting update and talk some football with Mike. But today... With all due respect to Phil Steele, with all due respect to some other friends and colleagues of mine that cover Syracuse football, the best, my favorite Syracuse football preview came out today. And you never know when it's going to come out. I mean, I think Bill does kind of put a schedule out there of what conference he's doing, and you can kind of, you know, ballpark it, but you, you just... Really don't know till you see it circulating the internet. And by Bill, I mean Bill Connolly, who writes for SB Nation. Bill Connolly, the past few years, has taken on the task of writing a preview for each FBS football team. 
which in and of itself is a, you know, it's a pretty hardy task. You certainly have time to do it over the spring and summer months, and you know, college football in its dead period. But the detail in which Bill goes in, every single program, the stats, the trends, the knowledge that he gets out of every team is extraordinary. And I cannot recommend it enough. I, I, I sent out the link earlier today. I uh, It's on my Twitter feed. It is certainly something that you can find at SB Nation. Bill Connolly is the writer. So today was this day to detail Syracuse. And look, we talk Syracuse football all the time. We've got writers that cover Syracuse football all the time and people in media that cover Syracuse football all the time, both on a national and a local level. But nobody does it quite like Bill. So I always look forward to when Bill does his preview because even as somebody who watches Syracuse football on a daily basis during the season, who covers Syracuse football extensively, who interviews Dino Babers on this program weekly during the football season, and we will be doing that once again coming up. Thanks, Brian. You're welcome, Coach. About a month and change from now when training camp and everything gets underway, I always learn something from Bill's previews that I didn't previously know or it's a way of him kind of emphasizing something that I did know in a, in a brand new way. So I encourage you to pull up Bill's preview, to read it, to soak it in, to read it again. But what we did is we read it today, certainly, and we mined out what we feel are the top five things in Bill Connolly's Syracuse football preview. Give me the voice, guy. Number five. Six linemen, four linebackers, seven defensive backs. Made ten or more tackles on the Syracuse football team last year. Suffice it to say, that is a glaring lack of depth. That is not a good number. Six linemen, four linebackers, seven defensive backs. Made 10 or more tackles on this team last year. Number four. Because the Syracuse offense is on the field so much, the high-octane pace, the Dino Babers offense, that means that your defense will wear out because of how much they're on the field, right? Well, not last year. The defense actually ranked in the bottom 40 of total snaps taken. The defense, at particularly at the end of the season, was so overmatched, was so injured, was so lacking depth that teams were just going out there and scoring points at will. How much? This much. Number three. In the last three games of last season, and again, this just in, Syracuse got its butt handed to it in the last few games of the season. There were some close games, too. LSU, Miami, the upset over Clemson that went Syracuse's way, but the bottom fell out. For reasons, again, to be fair, injury was there. The starting quarterback was hurt. Syracuse has not built up to the depth that they need at this point to withstand and survive an injury rate that they had, but it still happened that in the last three games, Syracuse lost by an average score of 54-22. to to Wake Forest. And let's remember, that was a close game at halftime. Syracuse was outscored in the second half of that game, 40-5 at home against Wake Forest. They did not have Eric Dungy in that game, but Zach Mahoney actually threw for 300 yards. He was pretty good. Like, you can't, twice, no matter what, Zach Mahoney did a lot. He's a great kid and was the consummate backup, smart guy, truly got the most out of his education. Did some great stuff for Barstool Sports. I really like Zach Mahoney. And if I'm not mistaken, is he currently on a CFL roster or was 
on a CFL roster, like, no matter where he is now, Zach Mahoney's the man. Think of the Pittsburgh game at the end of Dino's first year and the numbers that Zach Mahoney led that team to, and they lost 76-61. to He had a killer game against Wake Forest last year, and they lost that game 64-43. I mean, what more can you ask a backup quarterback to do? But the average score was 54-22. 64-43 to Wake, 56-10 to Lamar Jackson in Louisville, 42-10 to Boston College. I know there's a theme here. Defense has to be better overall, particularly in the last four games of the season. But another trend that we found, number two, thanks to Bill Connolly's excellent preview, is this. Last year, opponents had a better rating against Syracuse on third and long than they did first and 10. On third and long, they had a rating of 144, first and 10, 135. Like, that's pretty hard to do, that teams are better against you in third and long situations than first down. And then there's this. Number one. An obvious stat to point out, but the one that's got to turn around because it's easy to throw this all in the defense, but the offense has to hold their weight here, their quarterback, even if he doesn't stay healthy, which that's been the trend that Dungy has gotten hurt. Tommy DeVito has to come in. I just brought up what Zach Mahoney did in one game, and they couldn't win for him. But now that you have depth at quarterback, this is the glaring number. Dino Babers, September, October, 8-8. Eight and eight. Dino Babers, November, 0-8. Oh that's going down with the ship. That may not necessarily all be your fault, but it's tied to the head coach. And I'll throw in a bonus stat here. I don't know the voice guy saying bonus, so I will do it for you. Bonus stat. November 7th. Why is that a key date to circle on your calendar? Because Eric Dungy's never played in a football game in a Syracuse uniform past that date. And in the 2018 season, Syracuse will play Louisville, Notre Dame, and Boston College past November 7th. Now, again, is Tommy DeVito good enough to step in and give Syracuse what they need a quarterback in those games? Should, and at this point it's if, but I will give the benefit of the doubt and use the word should, Dungy go down again. We will continue the football discussion next with our buddy Mike McAllister, who will also update us on basketball recruiting because one national expert wrote today that Syracuse should be considered the favorite. For one, Joe Girard III. Is he right? Michael will tell us next. Mike McAllister, our buddy from 247 Sports, talking Cruton, coming up. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.